Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. On today's episode, we discuss that fateful meeting at E3 2014, our thoughts on Aquaman and Bumblebee, and debate which is the better game, Horizon or Breath of the Wild. I welcome in my co-host, Gerard Barrera. How you doing today, Jerry? Hey, what's going on? Hello, fellow gamers and entertainers and comic book readers. How's it going, man? It was pretty good. I uh, had a nice day off, ran some errands, and getting ready for work tomorrow. Well, you know, you're working like a dog all the time. Yeah, back to the old grind. Yeah. So to let people in on our history, Faithful Meeting, E3 2014. Yeah, yeah. Two nerds standing in line for Disney Infinity. Oh, R.I.P. Disney Infinity. God, I my the first time I ever like really got into the Toys to Life thing, because Skylanders was already around, and yeah, they were kind of late to the party. But you know, it's Disney. There's just something about Disney that like hits your childhood, and I fell in love with it. Like the moment they announced it, I was like, it's a genius idea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, waiting in line at E3 because you can get some free characters. And who, who randomly starts a conversation with me? <laughs> <laughs> right. And honestly, we were just in line. I saw the Hawkeye figure and I wanted the Hawkeye figure. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we we're standing in line. We're talking. Um, you know, it was really easy. We just started talking about the tester even. And then you're like, Diddy's here. Yeah. Um, and, and lo and behold, you know. Here comes Sky Diddy uh, walking on up, and uh, for a lot of people that may not know this, uh, Sky Diddy was on the the Tester season three, uh, which was Sony PlayStation's little reality show where uh, each week they do these little mini challenges, whittle everyone down, and then the winner got to go on to be a tester for one of Sony Studios. Ahead of its time, it was ahead of its time. Yeah, it didn't last more than three seasons though. And yeah. Um, you know, all the credit in the world to, uh, Brent Gokey, um, and Meredith Molinari who, you know, were the hosts pretty much of the show. Um, they did have to, uh, put up with some cast of characters, which, um, <laughs> in forthcoming podcast guys, uh, I'll make the announcement now we are going to have some of the contestants from the tester joining the podcast as a guest to discuss what they've done since the tester, um, what then got them into their industry, uh, it should be a whole lot of fun. We're going to plan a tester reunion episode as well and have quite a few of them on from season two and three of one big giant podcast just as a reunion. Shout out to those guys. Um, but yeah, E3 2014. We made That's, the loop yeah. what, three times? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I think we, yeah, we hit the and, line a, a couple times and then I, I had, I had to string along one of my friend Jason, yep. I think twice in line cause he owed me and, uh, I think I left with like six characters. Yeah. <laughs> almost every character that they were like giving away. I think I, I, I got almost all of them that I wanted. Yep. And I got my Hawkeye. Yeah. So I was happy with that. Um, so fast forward 2015, you know, during that year we had, you know, talked a little bit on PSN because right there in line, we trade our PSN names and, and whatnot. And then, you know, we were talking about E3, if we were going, that sort of thing. I think E3 2015 is where I think the friendship truly cemented. Yeah, I think you know, throughout the, those years, like as we were playing games together and yeah, met for 2015, that's where it like became yep. of, like official and started that kind yep. of uh, tradition, meeting at E3, having yep. fun and yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and then ended up uh, 2016 crashing at the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of a hotel. Um, you know, definitely uh, thank your buddy for that. Uh, it was nice having uh, accommodations and not having to worry about that. Um, 2017, luckily I was able to, you know, or 2016, I was luckily able to go with that because, um, you know, we were at my wedding, <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> two days before that. Um, so I thank my, my lovely wife for allowing that to happen. Um, 2017, I didn't, unfortunately didn't make it, um, cause birth of, you know, your godson, my son, yep. um, you know, this year was a lot of fun. Um, longer lines than we would normally have, but it was still a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, this this year was definitely interesting, and and uh, you know it was it was kind of a milestone because it was you know it was finally open to the public for the first time. Um, I believe it. Yeah, the first time it was open to the public. Right? Last year was the first they did two thousand tickets last the year before. Oh, that's right. Seventeen, that's right. and then they did the ten thousand for this year. Um, I mean, my take on E three is that it it had to grow, it had to evolve. Um, you know, with packs. PSX, um, the Xbox experience, all of those are, you know, open to the public. So they had to do something. Um, I do think though, that having that much public in there though, makes the lines a lot longer. Yeah. I think, I Um, think they're back to a rebuilding stage for E3 because one PAX, I believe has been open to the public for since they started. I, Correct, I yeah. haven't never been to a PAX, but I would like to go. Uh, same with all the, you know, the other kind of conventional convention um, uh, events. They've they've dealt with with the public before, and E three really hasn't. It's kind of been cl- mm-hmm. closed, you know, industry only type deal. And um, I, you know, the first year I remember, um, I also didn't wasn't able to go. Um, but I heard there were a lot of problems and mm-hmm. from the year that we went, you know, they, they corrected on some of the problems, but he was still like so many long lines. Mm-hmm. And I think we were also missing like a couple companies that, that yep. decided e- not to do E3. So EA, it's- yep. EA did their, their normal thing, did their whole EA play. So they weren't on the floor. Yeah. Um, Microsoft pulled off the floor altogether outside of a mixer booth um, and had all of their stuff over at Microsoft theater across, which the makes sense, which it does um, make sense. It's, it's their theater. Why yeah. not take up all of it? You know, and that like, I think that was a good move because that makes, uh, that just makes sense to me because, you know, they can either spread out or put out as much as they want in on their own floor. It's their floor. I get it. Um, um, but Sony, like you, but yes, like you so, said, E three was is is kind of evolving, but it's also kind of losing its momentum too because yeah. opening to the public, you know, some of the companies are starting to leave. Like this next year, I believe you uh, you told me this news about Sony. Yep, Sony announced that uh, along with canceling PSX, they were not going to attend E three this year because they just don't have really anything to talk about. Um, and you can look at E3 2018 and see that all Sony really had for demos was Spider-Man. You know, you had that little corner for Black Ops 4 um, because their agreement with uh, Activision, describing right. the content first, 
but it was pretty much just Spider-Man. We didn't have anything else. You had yeah, it was Spider-Man, Destiny, and yeah, Call of Duty, and that was it. Yeah, and you really? didn't even have like a little Destiny. It was just more like a little sign, really, than a, a playable demo. Um, so I think that was kind of the sign there because you had Days Gone. That was their their one they were kind of pushing in 2017, and you saw a little bit more in 2018. But come to find out, Days Gone was now pushed back until April, I believe. Yeah, because they were um, promoting it this the year before with God of War and was yep. telling us, like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be around the same time. But all the only game we got was Uncharted 4, yeah. God of War. And what was yeah. the other game they were promo- promoting other than yeah. Days Gone? But it was something uh, else. It was Death Stranding. Oh, yeah, Death Stranding. The initial yeah, yeah. Uh, introduction to the world that uh, Kojima – uh, start up a new production company. Everybody uh, in the gaming world does know about the very public feud between Konami and Kojima, um, which is why he left and hid certain Easter eggs within uh, the latest Metal Gear as a, a parting shot at Konami. Yeah. Um, but at this E3, <laughs> we had a bigger Death Stranding trailer, which the game itself from a, a visuals perspective is absolutely stunning looks amazing um, it looks so real you but... are a norman reedus fan <laughs> you get him in all his shining glory um, which i am yes however the game trailer itself made it look like you're a delivery boy <laughs> um, something like so, or, or also still doesn't really tell you very much about what the game is they should yeah they showed us one kind of niche of gameplay which i would say scavenging you know, who knows? Yeah, you still the, don't know. And the baby with the thumb in the throat thing, that still throws me off. I want to know what yeah. that's all about. Um, Is that like, do you get one extra life? Like, so many questions from, but but that's standard Kojima. Like, it is Kojima. Keeping um, everything close to the chest and, and having the mystery. Exactly. But um, uh, either way, the, it still looks amazing, and I'll probably pick it up. Um, we had Sucker Punch's new game, um, Ghost of Tsushima announced which the mechanics on that one look amazing um another beautiful game sucker punch has done their hit they've done their history homework um this is taking place in feudal japan um they're trying to stay as accurate in terms of what the time was like um in japan at that time trying to stay very true to what the the lay of the land was um it looks it looks amazing um the mechanics I would put on par from just the trailer with God of War. Yeah. In terms of how fluid it was. Um, yeah. Possibly even because we have this theory about that, that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get to that once. Yeah. We we'll get to that later after this next one, which the other yeah. big game was last of us part two, yeah. which naughty dog is naughty dog. And the in game trailers they were showing, was nothing sort of or short of absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I actually just watched it again today, along with Ghost of Tsushima, and they are just so. I mean, just the mechanics from Last of Us was like was like gameplay we've been wishing to have like four years ago. Uh-huh. You know, like um, one NPC threw Ellie through glass. 
and like her reaction and her getting up, like just all of those mechanics just make everything feel so real along with the look and the graphics. It was just, yeah, I, I really and am I'm, excited for it. I'm really waiting to see what's happened to Joel. We know Ellie's kind yeah. of hooked up with this new group. Um, the trailers, everything we've seen, even in the teaser trailer and then the bigger trailer at E3, um, it was all about Ellie and her evolution as a character. So Joel, I'm very interested to see if he's if he's back for it. Yeah, and a lot um, of a lot of rumors and and uh, speculation going on that he may still be a a, a playable character, but he comes later in the yep. game. Maybe to help out Ellie. Mm-hmm. And, Who knows? you know, to segue right into what we were talking about is we've been discussing this for a little while now is that I personally have a feeling that Death Stranding, Last of Us Part 2, and Ghost of Tsushima, I have a feeling those are going to be either launch titles for the PS5 or they're going to appear shortly after its launch. Totally um, agree, yeah. They are, from a visuals perspective... If they're not P- PS5 in game, they are pushing the PS4 hardware tremendously and yeah. pushing it farther than what even Detroit uh, Become Human pushed it. Which Detroit was amazing from a visuals perspective, gameplay mechanics, everything. Which I have still uh, yet to play that. I got to play it. Dude, you got to play this. I've been yeah. telling you this minute <laughs> one since we saw the demo yeah. and they saved the fish. And I was I was totally impressed by it. It was just yeah, there were just other games that I got lost in and or still de- lost in. Yep, and I will definitely be uh, posting a review of Detroit um, pros and cons because there's definitely some cons to it. Just like any game, kind of like your review of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Um, you know, there's every game has its flaws. Not every game is absolutely perfect, as much as we would like that. Um, now, something you touched on with with childhood is what do you think of Bumblebee? Uh, this is what I keep telling everyone about the movie Bumblebee. Um, I am, I was very excited for the fact that it got a new director. Not that I don't like Michael Bay, but with, I think with all of you who can agree, Michael Bay movies come with a certain formula and that formula, you know what to expect. And with Bumblebee, I got the I got the notion that I felt like this should have been the movie that started the franchise. Um, you know, I didn't like. Don't get me wrong. I love Michael Bay, and I I totally loved the other Transformer movies. But I am like you, Matt, um, a fan of the old look, the cartoon look, even some of the uh, the old school um, animated. Uh, Transformer, okay. you know, like the original looking Transformers. I mean, we got to admit it, Jerry. We grew up on Transformers. Let's just yeah, yeah, say yeah. it right now. Mid- eight, 80s, we grew up on Transformers. Yeah, <laughs> and not only does the movie start in the 80s, uh, it has a great human character that 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 uh, does have like this great kinship with, with Bumblebee. And then not to mention the, how it starts out with the war on Cybertron. Mm-hmm. With the original like Starscream and and Soundwave, Shockwave, and then of course Optimus Prime, like oh, that I think was, the best part about that yeah. scene is we got Ravager from yeah. set form into the the robot form. Yeah, um, 
I mean, it was, it was like, it was like they took a bunch of scenes from the cartoon and then just made it what we wanted finally. And then continuing on when they go to earth, like it was just enough of what we needed and what we wanted. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a very, it was a great action movie and it was certain, like what I tell everybody is I I wish this was the movie that started the franchise (laughs) because they probably would stick with the original looks. But, uh, once again, I did, uh, you know, I do really did. I really did love, uh, Michael Bay's take. You know, they may have gone off the rails with story wise a little bit with King okay. Arthur, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it started with number four where they started going off the rails. Um, oh, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree. I Maybe I think even earlier, Mark Wahlberg was a decent replacement for Shia, but there was just something about Shia with Optimus that relationship that they had a really um, good it was lacking. Like, um, I thought they had a good comedic relationship. I like Shia LaBeouf, and I think he was he's. Funny. I think with Wahlberg and and Optimus, they had more of a brotherly, like, like general admiral type of relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I love I love the original Michael Bay Transformers. Um, you know, I think for where American cinema was at that time, I think it's what we needed for Transformers um, because everything was more forward thinking. Now. You look at the times now, the 80s are making a comeback in a big way. The music, the shows, the movies are all coming back. So I think now is the perfect time to do Bumblebee. And I I felt they're doing a soft retcon and slow and doing a soft reboot of everything. Um, And that's also kind of the thing that's going on right now, too, in cinema. You know, the soft soft reboots. We're getting in like a lot of those in the upcoming months and, and year. But to get all of them in their original forms, you know, we get to see how Bumblebee became the Volkswagen Beetle that we know and love. We, it, they tied it into the Bay, you know, the Bay formers, uh, original 2007 version. You actually get to see the Camaro. Yeah. Uh, which I love that tie in. I love the tie in for seeing Simmons as a, as a kid essentially in sector seven, Instead of, you know, the annoying, you know, character that he was later on in life. Um, Like you said, Optimus in his original form. Um, I saw that in the movie and I, I I was beside myself. I was like, we get to see him in true original form. Granted, we got to see it in Dark of the Moon. Um with him having the tractor trailer and stuff like that. Um, but we get to see the real original form. Um, I love that they put in RC in that first opening sequence. And if you are, if you are a diehard transformers, you will notice her right (laughs) off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, she's right there in, in everything. It was great seeing those secondary characters like, um, ratchet in his original white form. You get to see cliff jumper. Um, you get to see Starscream, Thunderclap, all of those guys, the original Seekers in their Cybertronian triple wing form. Yeah. Um, you know, they did a really good job with this, still kind of keeping it with the 2007 movie by not having Megatron in it. Because um, I think if they put in Megatron, then <laughs> we would have been really completely, it's a just a straight reboot. Yeah. Know? And, and 
I'm I'm happy they didn't they didn't bring him as like the giant gun. Yeah, I think that was the most ridiculous. The the one the one thing to make the the main villain just a giant object. I thought was just kind of. Back the in the day, one, yeah. yeah, back in the day, the one thing that they kind of screwed up on was just making him a giant and gun. And he goes from a big giant robot to a tiny little gun that yeah. starts. <laughs> um, so I think the one one of my favorite things that um, Travis Knight brought to this is the scene where they're at the cliffs. Oh, yeah. And for fans of the original cartoon that for whatever flaws we thought were in the animated movie, the one great touch that they had was putting in one of the soundtrack songs. Oh, yeah. Um, you've got the touch right <laughs> in there. And in in my theater that I was seeing it in, all the adults that had seen the animated movie, we all had the same reaction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we all laughed. And, and <laughs> laugh and, and everything like that. Um, so overall, I mean, Bumblebee, I can't say enough for it. Um, every review that's come out for it, you know, that's giving it praises, I absolutely agree with. I wholeheartedly recommend going to see it, especially if you're a Transformers fan. Um, and it's a great family movie because there wasn't really any language in it. Um, there wasn't any, you know, bloodshed, really, unless you count Transformers. Um, and... You know, you had the bumbling idiot for a pseudo villain, and towards the end becomes a good guy. You know, John Cena wasn't John bad. Cena. He wasn't terrible. <laughs> he is okay. He is the Simmons of this movie, though. Oh God! You know, you know what? I, I I've come to have a little bit of respect for John Cena. I I do like him because I know he is an uh, all around nice person, but. Uh, uh, I don't, and and that was the other that goes back to the whole feud with The Rock, like when he gives him crap about like being half in the WWE and half out mm-hmm. because. But I mean, come on, man, you can't start you can't start a feud with The Rock when you know he's at the height of his movie career, and then screwing with the guy kept coming whenever he wants to the WWE. He's earned that. Okay, right. and and then on top of that, you can't really talk crap about him when he's on the top of the the Hollywood game. Right. Last year alone, highest paid actor in the world, yeah. highest paid sixty five million dollars. And we watched him on million dollars, and we watched him on you again. The other yeah, night. and it was great seeing that whole people's eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and, you know, it, so that always left a bad taste in my mouth with John Cena. I was like, like, come on, man! Uh, eventually, you're probably going to be in the same position. And how and, much, though? I, you got to admit, though, how much of that do you think is more Vince McMahon telling Cena, "You need to go out and start beef with The Rock"? See, so that's they have the other thing. I, I, I can understand, like, maybe that was like, you know, that was fabricated, and they were told to have the feud. Okay, I get that. Which is what also opened me up to watching more of John Cena's stuff because one, maybe that was like four rocks, like kind of come back to the WWE to have this epic fight with at that moment, mm-hmm. the biggest star of WWE and still the face. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I've been more open to watch his movies and to like, see what he's doing. And, and he wasn't terrible in the film. It's just, his facial expressions needs, were hilarious. Yeah, I know, but the guy kind of needs, still needs a break in like 
finding that the niche on what his acting is going to be. Yeah. Like that fast and the furious moment where it just shot you up to like, yep. Okay. You can, you can help franchises or you can, you know, make movies, but they're Decepticons. How many red flags is there? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, actually, well, no, he's, he was the only smart one in the room saying like, Hey, listen, uh, it's in the name. They're Decepticons. Right. What more do you need? And like, yep. okay, like he had funny lines in the movie, and he played and, it which well. is why I can't. Yeah, he, he did he it well. Sim- I can't knock him for the movie. He was our Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Simmons was right. the attempted comic relief in the original Bay movies. So having that type of character helps a little bit. Um, you know, and Haley Steinfeld. What can I say? She, you know, I wasn't terribly impressed with her. You know. With Pitch Perfect too, um, she can know. do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but she actually did really well. I loved the emotion she brought to the character. She acted extremely well. Um, I believe so too. And like to the character, um, yeah. I think it really depends on on her choices of film too. Because I mean, to be perfectly honest, I know she is incredibly talented, just based off of True Grit for being nineteen. And having and, and doing that well for your first movie mm-hmm. on True Grit, I mean, and she deserved the nom- the Oscar nomination for it. She was amazing, and like and right now, and that's the toughest thing coming off of that kind of momentum. You know, where do I go from here? And like, how am I? You know, when you choose your next projects, it it's kind of hard. It is. So like, I get being part of that franchise of pitch pitch perfect on the second and third movie, um, which she wasn't bad, but it also kind of sold her. I think she, she wanted to sell her, you know, singing and music career a little bit. So that was a good Mm -hmm. move. I think it was a good move. And, uh, And, yeah, I really liked her in the movie as well. And speaking Uh, of next projects, we've got Jason Momoa going from game of Thrones to Aquaman. Yeah. You know, in the DC universe. Um, so what was your take with Aquaman? My take with Aquaman was the same. It was the same feeling I entered and left the movie theater when I watched Wonder Woman. It was a great film and, uh, once again, gave me hope for D the, you know, DC, not the DCU because the DCU is technically dead or in, a rebuilding phase. Yes. But, and DC said as much that it yeah. is, it is rebuilding time. Um, because we know what happened with Dawn of justice and justice league as much as I am, you know, me, I am a DC fanboy. Um, I love Batman is my favorite biased comic character. DC, it, DC no, fan, <laughs> not completely biased. Uh. <laughs> I don't think Affleck was a good Batman. I'll, I'll say that right now. Uh, I think I think he is a great Batman. I think he was the wrong Batman for the movies. I think he was a better Bruce Wayne. Uh, he he should Batman. have been in those little snippets of showing Bruce Wayne's family at when with when we had a little Bruce Wayne. He should have played the father. Although I do love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He was a you know he's great because he has more of a relationship with Zack Snyder, but. If you were going to have Affleck, like the the Affleck name, the actor, and you wanted to make some sort of like 
cool Easter egg or something like that, put him as the dad. I think having the older jaded Batman with a younger team doesn't it work. Was dark, and that's the thing is Dark Knight Returns, they borrowed too much from it. I will be the first to admit it. They pretty much took Dark Knight Returns, the comic, and put everything into the movie. Yeah. Um, and but, I think it just wasn't again, the they, time. They missed, they missed the whole point of that yep. of that comic. It was that Bruce Wayne and Batman were older, much older, and like yep. had they were so jaded on what they were doing every day, going out every night. You need a younger, you know, or somewhat like middle age. I would, I would have said like maybe early thirties actor that was still acrobatic uh, limber and, and still very tough. And I, and I didn't like how they, they had him relying on guns too much in the movie. Yeah. That was another, like, he there wasn't enough back gadgets or anything. Um, mm. So, with that, with that piece, yeah, I those are my problems with Justice League, Donna Justice. I mean, all of that. I think those are my bigger issues with it. Um, you know, and you know, of course, with Superman, with Henry Cavill, basically trying to CGI his mustache out. Which he I think to, he gets a lot of flack for, but it's not his. That's no. wasn't his fault. And how Warner Brothers actually put that on the big screen with that that type so of dubbing? Awful. I mean, it was so bad. I mean, that's something that any ten-year-old could do on a computer nowadays and probably do a better job. Um, so I, I think yeah, I can, I feel bad for Cavill because I, I like he got such a bad rap for. I think he got a bad rap for Superman. But I think he also has the equal equivalent of fans that like love him as I, including me, I loved him as Superman. But I think with the whole, the whole Warner Brothers studio and DC kind of leaning on Snyder at that time, um, I think that's why he fell short for Man of Steel because I enjoyed Man of Steel, but I could definitely see its faults. Uh-huh. And holes in 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 the in the story, and same same thing with Dawn of Justice. Um, but the biggest thing was was Justice League. That was a that movie was a doozy. Mm-hmm. And you know, the more I the more I watch it, the more I start picking up on the flaws. I mean, Ezra Miller, honestly, the more I watch it, actually, he kind of fits kind of the Flash persona, just not. The Barry Allen, just not Barry Allen. Yeah, he's. I think he's probably one of the other Earth eighteen hundreds or whatever they're on now for the Flash universe. He probably resides more in that area. Maybe Um, even a Kid Flash, like he he resembled kind of a Kid Flash a little bit, but yep. Um, um, But Momoa as Aquaman was perfect. I mean, that was was probably the choice for him and Gal Gadot. Next to yeah, next to Gal Gadot was the best. Were the best castings for that and. you know, sorry for the guy who played Cyborg, but I mean, who knows where he's going to go from here? <laughs> yeah, because now that they've said that the Cyborg project is kind of on hold right now for whatever length of time, um, we don't and know. They're if using we're... the character for the show Doom Patrol. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my take on Aquaman is I I loved it. I love the CGI um, because it didn't. It didn't look like they were really super edited at any point in time. Um, kind of like one of my beefs with 
um, Infinity War is you look at the CG. I mean, floating Bruce, you know Bruce Banner in a Hulk suit or in the uh, the Hulkbuster, you know, looks like his head just floating there. Um, with Aquaman, you didn't see that with a lot of those characters. It didn't look like it was overly CGI'd. Um, no, I, I think a lot scenes. of it was pretty seamless with a lot of the underwater scenes. Um, kind of disagree with you on the Infinity War snag, nope. but. Go back and watch. It looks like they're copy and pasted. It's kind of like I've seen it. I've in, seen uh, it, and it, it, it is, it is a little shoddy, but it's not as shoddy as you think it is, because there was a lot of work that was put into that. Oh, I think. absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I, this, a lot of the CGI battle scenes were great, um, but yeah, I think yeah. just the way they did. <clears throat> um, Mark Ruffalo in the Hulkbuster suit. It looked like he was just floating there. When when the when it was when the helmet was off, you mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little shoddy. Yeah. But But with Aquaman, it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't think any of it was shoddy. Um, (coughs) You know, my there there is a couple plot holes, and I mean, like any other comic book movie. Um, Like, kind of, I want to know is where did he get the Aquaman armor? You know, at the end, he went and got the trident, but where the heck was the armor sitting at? No, it was it was on the. He was on the king. Um, so the king actually disappears. Yeah, yeah, but so that, I didn't the, see the orange. If you so look at the, back watch it. if you look at the 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 dead corpse of the king, you know you can see the the gauntlets, the green gauntlets, and like he he had the uh, the armor. He just didn't put all of the armor on because technically he had a cape. He had a little. He, I think he had a couple yeah. other niche. He just basically took the strip down just the gold and what he came out with um, as Aquaman. And I, I have to say, I was really surprised that they went that like far with the original Aquaman look. I thought they were going to like maybe alter it or maybe kind of make it look somewhat dark like they did in justice league, what he came out in, but uh, it worked. It totally worked. I thought they would go more the, um, was the uh, game on the PlayStation um, and Xbox? All the Marvel characters, oh, Marvel, Injustice. The DC Injustice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, with Injustice and how he looked in that—that <laughs> that darker copper. Look yeah, that's what that I he's thought. Also inhabiting with um, in the DC animated movies now, he's more that coppery, darker coloring, um, especially with Flash, Par- uh, Flash Paradox. Um, but what it I was, have to say, I it was really, really well done. I, yeah, I loved I really, it. Well. I loved it. it. Yeah, um, Momoa sold it. Um, in saying that, the movie was good. The movie was great. The CGI, all the underwater, I think should get all the underwater like graphics and CGI look should get all the praise that it it, it is getting. Um, I I myself am a Momoa, I, I'm a Momoa fan. I just want to see him start challenging himself himself with other roles because, uh, I mean, this was definitely catered to him and his kind of style. Yes. If you see like, like the, all of the times when he's like on land, you know, the, the, all of his wardrobe was his own wardrobe. Probably. I mean, that was definitely what he wears. Yes. And all of that, all those skull necklaces—that's totally him, which is cool. 
And it's just, um, I mean, if you really, if you go and watch the movie again, he, you know, he, he had a, 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 a couple pages of lines throughout the whole movie. Really? Mm-hmm. And so the whole, the movie was catered to him, his style, which works for, you know, when you're first starting your, your career in the A-list, you know, uh, area in Hollywood. So I'm very interested to see what he chooses from here and hopefully continuing the Aquaman movies because I did very much enjoy them. I do believe that a wonder woman and an Aquaman sequel are part of DC's new plans for the universe. (laughs) They better be. Um, (laughs) and I, and I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a justice league reboot built around Momoa and Gal Gadot. Um, and probably Which is a, a so weird to say. It's so it, the Justice League is being built around Aquaman and Wonder Woman. That's so weird. And yeah, and because <laughs> we know there there was a feud with Henry Cable and Warner Brothers, so Henry Cable is now out as Superman. So yeah. um, he's flat and out so even came out and said that he will not do it again. Um, same Batman with Affleck. Black he's done. Said he's done. Um, and I think part of it was they they wanted to go a different direction with the Batman. Um, world's greatest detective movie that they're doing. So Affleck well, said, also, hey, done. they were also rushing him on the script. And with, when it comes to Affleck and this is where I agree with Affleck, um, he takes his time on, on movies that he was going to direct. Cause he was originally going to direct the Batman yep. movie and start it just, just like Argo and, and, uh, the town. Now in saying those last two titles, the reason that they were so coveted and made money and so popular was because Affleck takes his time on his, on his scripts and Warner brothers just kept rushing him. And that's, that was their problem. So then he dropped out of directing and just started it, but then he kept getting more flack to where he basically left the role. And, and I think what the problem is, is you have DC trying to play catch up. They, you know, you had the, you had the Dark Knight trilogy, which we all know it, Christopher Nolan's fantastic with everything he touches. But you can't, you can't compare those to Nolan's. No, but what I'm saying is those, they, you know, they lost, um, Christian Bale because he said after, you know, Dark Knight, um, rises that he's done. He was hanging up the Cape and Cal, didn't want to do it anymore. So they had to go a new direction with a new Batman and that kind of changed Um, the Correction. He, he said he was gonna. He would have done another movie if Nolan was attached to it. So there was like that little time when, like, if Nolan. Could you imagine a oh, yeah. Justice League and a Dawn of Justice, Christopher Nolan style? I know, right? But that—that's um, what they were at that like point in time. That's what they were trying to talk to Nolan, and he just—he didn't see it as a a viable thing because he's like. He's the type of director, you know what? I made this universe. That's it. Leave it as that. And I commend that. Because they, I think they would have made that entire world more broad and like probably would have gone a bunch of different ways and uh-huh. would have taken away from the original trilogy. And you wouldn't have had Steppenwolf as a villain either. They, he would have probably dug deeper into, you know that whole, even the league of doom, you know, something along those lines where you had more, more well-known villains because frankly, 
unless you're a diehard of the comics, yeah. you do not know who Steppenwolf is. Yeah. You know who Darkseid is? Absolutely, because especially they, you know, the last season of Smallville was all about Darkseid. Yeah. And, and I mean, if they did, side. yeah, if they did, I think if the first Justice League movie was like, yeah, the Legion of Doom, you know, and then lead up to the second movie being like Dark Side, you know, that made sense. But the the Steppenwolf, yeah, so many people that didn't know the comics and that they, asked me or other friends were like, yeah, Steppenwolf was a big bad dude, but. You know, he wasn't a top tier like villain, he's a, really. He's a lieutenant. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the Marvel Cinematic Universe got things right, the way they built up things. You know, you had yeah. Loki as kind of that villain for the original Avengers. You led into Ultron and then you led into Thanos. You know, so I think they. But also setting up Thanos from the first movie. Correct. Then on. So he's always that lingering, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. They set up all of that mm-hmm. very well. And I will say this, I am I am really excited for Captain Marvel. I will say that right now. I want to see how they do that. Um, because for me, you know, the Kree Wars were some of the, my favorite comics. Yeah. yeah. Being, you know, I, reading that, those as a kid. Um so it'd be interesting to see what kind of, you know, what they bring to the table, how they do her character design, because for those that are true fans of X-Men, they know how Rogue came to be. Yeah. And, you know, I want to, I, my hope is, is that we get the true Captain Marvel that, you know, Rogue ends which up in the power from. And, which I think we are. I think we're going to get the proper that, Captain Marvel. Yep, and I and I think now that X Men is going to be residing in that universe now, I think we'll probably get a real legit rogue. In saying that, uh, I, anyone who can comment or help us with this, I also heard a very tasty and amazing rumor that has that is valid. That uh, because, yes, X-Men and Fantastic Four have been acquired back to Marvel, um, Hugh Jackman uh, officially has a credit in Endgame. Is that on IMDb? That's on IMDb and that's on other credited sources. So the the Internet is like going crazy that – and and this is something Hugh Jackman has said before. He would he would consider coming back only if he would have like if he was in a movie with the Avengers or if he was in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So that is what's kind of buzzing right now. I am super excited. I love Hugh Jackman. And that kind of does make sense more to like like you said, the Cree War, because Endgame, I feel, is like gonna be the Really, what exactly what the title is? The End Game for the Avengers. That was the best one through three phase uh, stories that Marvel has done, and like maybe their next phase is going to start with the X Men and that whole universe and having everybody tie in through that. Well, they are they are pushing Captain Marvel as being the new face of the of the uh, MCU. Like the so, new, yeah, the new Tony the new, Stark, which is great. The new Tony Stark. Great. I um, love Brie Larson. I think she was, she looks great as as. Uh, I was I was Captain a little Marvel. apprehensive, you know. Yeah. Until they start, I think a lot of people screenshots, were. you know. Um, yeah. So I, I'm definitely looking forward um, to, for that movie coming out, and you know. 
the more, just, I, yeah. the more I, I will say this, the more I've watched Infinity War, my mind has been changing a little bit on, on that, you know, it, does it have some holes compared to the comic for those that really remember Infinity, you know, the Infinity War? Um, yeah, it does. But that being said, I, it's becoming more and more enjoyable, more and more. I like it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, a lot and then the other thing is, because, yeah, but the other thing is, is like when you can, you can compare it to the comics all you want. When you have to put it in real life scenarios, some of it has to be altered, especially when the comic was written, what, in the, what, 80s, early 90s, you know, so, you know, that time frame in the, you know, what was going on in society back then was all of that gets influenced. So you kind of have to adapt to the time, um, which is why I, I, I'm totally agree that the MCU should be considered like opposite or like its own entity from the comics. And it get, it, it takes its inspiration from the comics, which is great. And, uh, I'm just, I'm really, really, uh, interested in where they're going from here because this is going to be exciting when we see Captain Marvel and then Endgame, because I think we're going to be getting a lot of, we're going to get a lot of surprises. I think, I think, I think red skull was just the tipping point of like surprises that we're going to get within the next two movies. And it's all, it's also going to be kind of sad. I think we're going to get some tears going from the next two movies too. Well, we do know that um, Curse Evans is done after Endgame. Um, well, the Russo brothers said that he's game for more, so we don't know that. But his contracts are still up. Yep. But we've, but the Russo brothers did put like also, a tweet that um, yep. he may not be finished. There's also a rumor of an Iron Man four. That would be great. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. That may be kind of. If it does come to fruition, it's kind of. I think it's going to be Tony Stark completely handing off the mantle of the Iron Man. Um, so we'll see yeah, what happens. Some people with are that. saying like Pepper Potts is. She's actually at least she's, getting her own. She's getting armor. her own. She's yep. She's getting her own suit. Um, the it's been leaked out online. Some of the uh, the conceptual art for it. Uh, I haven't looked at it. I don't want to. I want to be surprised. Yep. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if she gets a suit similar to probably the Heartbreaker suit from yeah. Iron Man Three. Um, it's probably going to be similar to the one of those suits. Um, so we'll see on that. So um, with that, looking forward, let's look back to two games you and I we debate all the time. So let's debate it out. Let's get it out there. Shake your head at me all you want, um, but Horizon and Breath of the Wild. So that that are considered open world games, and this is the debate. So, I guess this is the debate: which is which is better, or or an act, which is a better open world game? Okay, so I will say this: I just look at it, which is a better game because we we all know we sat in line for four hours to go play Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, and then we went to right across the aisle to the Horizon demo. Yeah. So we had Breath of the Wild fresh in our minds. Um, from a open world sam- standpoint, yes, Breath of the Wild is a better game in terms of you can interact with the environment more. Chopping okay. trees, okay. all that's of that. All I've, that's all I've ever yeah. wanted to get from you. <laughs> 
But that being said, I think Horizon is what a lot of the mechanics of Breath of the Wild wanted to be in terms of the the fight mechanics, the riding mechanics. um, Because then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a Zelda game. You need that like and like the mm-hmm. the steppiness of 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 Zelda and Link you know you know that's that's what makes it a Zelda game if if it delved too much that's Horizon was too was an action game open world game which it needed to stay that way Zelda has its own niche it stays that way that helps you know the fans cling back to it the things that they innovated was making it a completely open world game and letting you like here you you're at, at, done with the tutorial go where you want start yeah. the story where you want that was and i think oh and i love that and i yeah. absolutely i did love that part where you could just go you know yeah. i think if they, if they got a little too more innovative with the fight controls i think it wouldn't have been as a zelda game <laughs> Well, I think my my feelings with Zelda is that um, you know me, I am a huge Zelda fan. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got a bunch of the amiibos on my desk. You know, um, I finally you know, collected them all. <laughs> oh, so like Pokemon. Um, <laughs> but the breaking weapons, I thought, was a, a horrible idea. It's a great idea. It it it. it that's ter- like that's the one thing that helps with the open world. The open world wouldn't like matter, or it, it wouldn't it, you wouldn't care as much if you needed if you didn't need to replenish on weapons. Well, I there think would the be no point. Is that the weapons that you would pick up, like some of the endurances to the weapon, wouldn't last you long enough, and then you had you would get into areas with stronger enemies. But you had to hold off on using the better weaponry to defeat them because you were trying to have to hold on for other areas. Yeah. Um, and I think for me too is the the four the four primary dungeons. I think were too short for a Zelda game. They were too short. And they were too the oh, bosses totally were too agree. easy. I totally agree they with were that. Way too easy, yeah. and, and that's where I lost a lot of interest. Now, the shining point I would I say with Breath of the Wild is the weather mechanics just that all of a sudden you can, you could just see the storm building and building and rolling in. And then all of a sudden it's raining. Yeah. Where you can like kind of prepare for like, Oh crap, it's going to rain. And I think that's what one of the, the one things I did like about it is that you had to also make sure that you were carrying weapons that weren't just all metal. You know, I did like that part of it um, because then if you were carrying your, your metal weaponry, you were going to get struck by lightning. Yeah. And I love that mechanic and I love that they put that in there. Um, I just think that there were some flaws to it, especially, I think the biggest flaw for me though, aside from the weapons and stuff like that, it doesn't know which Zelda timeline it wants to exist in because it's kind of said, well, here's where I say that is because we know that Ocarina and Wind Waker take place in two different timelines. Mm-hmm. Okay, this game is supposed to take place in Ocarina as Link losing, and he's being put into a slumber and being brought back to life. But the problem is, is that the map and some of the the things you find, especially rock salt, specifically, yeah, that is Wind Waker. Yeah, everything 
in that map points to the Wind Waker world, which is in yeah. a different timeline altogether. Because in areas where there should be that big giant lake, which encompassed all of Hyrule Castle and Wind Waker, yeah. that's where you're finding rock salt in Breath of the Wild. So you can't have one or the other. They, and I think that was a, a drawback that unless you're a diehard fan that really understands the timelines, which I've been playing it since you know late to the past, and I still don't understand the timelines. This is where I got to interrupt is uh, someone worked out all the timelines and figured out where Breath of the Wild lies in. I, 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 I'll have to find that, that video, but they break it down mm-hmm. from map, 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 and then from game and, and timelines. Mm-hmm. And they kind of break in like where it fits. Well, but I yeah. think it's also but considered an alternate. Nintendo flat out came universe. out and said it's the sequel to Ocarina. They said that's they came out and said this is this is where it's taking place is so it is oh okay so it is a full fledged sequel then it it is because they that's why he he loses to Ganon in Ocarina of Time which is basically why they have to go put him in the sleep chamber is because he got so badly beat that Mm -hmm. he that was the only way to keep him alive Uh. so but that being said I mean for me though I still I still love the story for Horizon though. Um, because it, it stayed true to kind of itself, whereas Breath of the Wild kind of, because it's kind of coexisting in two different timelines, it didn't completely stay 100% true itself. But with the story too, you kind of made the story what it was because you went to where you wanted to go in Breath of the Wild. In Breath of the Wild, yeah. Horizon Horizon's was more of a linear a story. Linear, hey, you got to go yeah. from point A to point B, but you can do anything you want in the, in between those. Um, I did love about Horizon that a lot of people don't realize is that the game is set in Colorado, Utah, that mm-hmm. area. And if you know anything about Colorado Springs and the Air Force Academy, um, downtown Colorado Springs, you actually get to go to those areas in Horizon. Yeah. Um, I actually photographed one of my very, very good friends and his wife on their wedding day in front of one of the architectural structures that is actually photographed in horizon. Um, so it was kind of great seeing that. Um, I'm the game mechanics for horizon. were so on, on point one. I mean, I would expect that from gorilla anyways, because although Killzone um, Shadowfall wasn't a well-received game for a launch. I title, thought it was fun, especially for a was, starting title. I, Go put the game in now, and it still holds up. Yeah, stunning. It was a. It really Um, was a stunning game. It was just. I think it just fell through because it was a. Yeah, it was a starting title, and it was the only title that a lot of people. I think everyone ended up owning it, to where I think mainly people just got sick of the game, because they just kept playing it and waiting for the next title to come out. I I really. I still go and play it every once in a while. Yeah, um, it is a permanent. But I really think it. I, th- I really think that's like it got a bad rap because of that. It was the the one game like, dude, I gotta have Killzone. Like that's the only good looking game that looks like a crap ton of fun. And the gun mechanics were so tight. Yeah, um, with it, each gun had its own different aspects to it. It was kind of uh, a destiny before destiny a little bit with the. With the variety of guns. Okay, let's say let's let's say it what it is. Destiny is pretty much they wanted it to be kind of a Halo sequel. 
Microsoft probably shot them down, so they went and yeah. created new characters and made Destiny. Um, and you're talking to two two gamers who fell who fell short to the Destiny franchise. Both the games, we yeah, we dropped the money for both games, and you know what? I I gave both games a chance. I during the first game, I was super excited because I thought it was gonna. It, it was what they were going to say it was. It was going to be like kind of their halo yep, and kind of have a storyline, but be purely a first person shooter. And, and that was great. But once again, it became like a more a meat, of a, a halo online. It was a meat grinder because yeah. all of you just jumped in, went out and grinded out submissions. And that was it. Once you beat the content and granted, I, what I played a now. ton. I played a ton of halo or of destiny one. You know, yeah. just like I played Halo back in the days and everything. Um, and at the end of all the content, I was it didn't it just was missing something for me. And because it, it wanted you to go straight to online. Yeah, That's why. And, and to do more and to get all the good stuff, you had to raid, too. And for people that have lives, you don't really get to raid. You know, you, it's hard to yeah. set up those raids, and especially um, now. Now with the second game, some of the raids lasting three hours. Um, longer, I can't do yeah, that. Some I don't. I don't want to do that. Like, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather knock out like a couple percent of of an actual uh, storyline game for three hours, like Red Dead or or Spider-Man. like Horizon Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, like actually feeling like I'm getting something done instead of doing Which, a raid. I'll say it now on this podcast. I am going to eat crow on Spider Man. Yeah, because you thought it was terrible. So at, at E3, I will admit it. I thought it was a poor man's excuse for Arkham Asylum. Yeah, fight mechanics. A, so yeah. the fight mechanics were the same. I mean, it was almost you know timing your sequences, timing your counters. Um, yeah, but you can't you can't falter so, a game for having for using a something good and, from another game and putting it into well, another. You know, just, I didn't. At the time at E3, it wasn't as tight so as it is now. So uh, let's look at the. Um, I mean, we pretty much played an alpha. I mean, let's let's call it what it was. It was yeah, an alpha, yeah, we did. maybe a beta. Um, you know, and I didn't like the fact is they didn't really give you a lot of help in terms of what do your icons do. So like, while some people that were doing the demo near me were going right to one of the villains to play them or to fight them, I was swinging around trying to figure out what was going on and I ended up just fighting some low level thugs. So same here. Yeah. But, so but that was the other that thing that said, it wasn't really, it was just like, here, here's a controller. This is what this does now play <laughs> yeah, they didn't really give us a lot of, but I don't think they, they really wanted us to. But that being said, I did on a black Friday sale, go pick up Spider-Man and I love it. I mean, yeah, I bought a day of, and I bought the uh, collector's edition. I love my statue. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll take my Horizon statue, thank you. But I have that one too. It's yeah. awesome. And I'll yeah. take Nathan Drake. I'm tired of uh, right there. Yeah, I'm tired um, of four. That's <laughs> another that's I'm, another podcast though. I I love the Spider Man swing mechanics. Um I love when you get up to speed and you launch yourself up in the air and you can just dive bomb down on the things. I love the lock on mechanics from the air when you're to go to fighting enemies. Um, the detail in New York city is amazing. I love that city. Um, you know, I am I'm a native New Yorker. Um, I love spending as much you know, time in the city when I can. Um, we were just up there, um, in September. 
Um, so I got to see a lot of things that I love about the city, Madison Square Garden, Grand Central Station, Empire State Building. All of those are in. Yeah, the game. it really is. So a I plan on doing fledged map. Yeah. Yep. So I will be doing a a video um, for um, Share Factory. Um, get that posted up to our YouTube channel. Um, and we're going to be doing sightseeing with Peter Parker and we're going to go see all the sites in the seat, you know, that are iconic to films. Um, and the one thing is I do want to, to recreate that shot, um, of Spider-Man up on top of the flagpole, the, flagpole. the empire state building, empire state building, if I can manage to get up there, yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, you can get up there. I've done that. So, um, yeah, so I'm thoroughly loving Spider-Man. Um, I, uh-huh. And I can freely admit that I was wrong. So that'll totally, probably that'll probably be really happy. Uh, <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed the game, and I uh, I have finished the game, but I have yet played uh, any of the season pass. So uh, you know that's just more to look forward to, and I I can't wait to to start that because yeah, a lot of it. I, I love how they are kind of sectioning it, like kind of like a comic book. You know the you know it has its own title. It looks the 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 season passes look amazing and they bring in new villains and new characters. So it's, it's uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I can't wait to start it. Just gotta, well, just gotta get rid of that red dead two bug right now. Okay. You got, you got two weeks to get the red dead bug out of you because ACE combat launches in two weeks. Oh, ACE combat. And we'll yeah, be, yeah. we will be firing that up. Top gunning it out. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right, everybody. So uh, I want to say thank you guys for crashing game night with us tonight. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please let us know and make sure to follow us on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And I want to say everybody, stay uh, just be excellent to each other. Stay frosty. Thank you, everyone.